This episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense. Stream is an expert interview transcript library with more than 10,000 interviews spanning across all industries, including tech, media, consumer goods, and plenty more. Not to mention 70% of these experts can be found only exclusively on Stream. Thanks to many of the interviews that I've read on Stream, I feel like I've gained a much more intimate understanding of the companies that I cover. And at this point, it has become an integral piece of my research process. So if you want to check out some of their transcripts, transcripts for yourself, you can go to streamrg.co slash CCM and sign up for a free 14-day trial using the promo code CCM. Again, that's streamrg.co slash CCM, S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G dot C-O slash CCM. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Preparing to live stream. This meeting is being live streamed. Okay, welcome into the Chit Chat Money Investing Power Hour on the show. We come with nothing prepared. We're basically riffing on financial markets. Um, anything and everything is fair game. Earning season is coming to an end. I should also mention that uh, if you guys have any questions or you want to listen to these things live for anyone that's on the podcast, we do these live on YouTube. Um, at 12 o'clock Pacific time, three o'clock Eastern time, and you can definitely get your questions in. We always appreciate it. Um, news that I think is needs to be talked about. Newman's back. That's what you want to hit first. Yeah, there is quite a bit. Markets have been boring, but there's quite a bit of news out there this week. We can probably discuss that Bed Bath & Beyond thing, although that's a developing situation. Um, but yeah, Newman, what were your thoughts? It's it's actually uh, I think it's completely insane. All right, I know that it's kind of like not everyone thought the same thing, but how do you? This man might be the best salesman alive. What? Um... He has no business. It's just an idea, and he's already. Everyone knows what can happen when he gets going and what can, how, how a business can deteriorate um, and how much he can spend yet. He had no problem selling it to what are widely regarded as some of the better investors in the world um, or people that have had success, success with investments in the past. um, And they wrote him a giant check. It's, I think he might be the best salesman of our generation (laughs) To, to do it once. He was already a great salesman to do it twice. It's it's hard to beat. I can't think of someone that's better. Gosh, yeah, three hundred fifty million dollars. That blog post was interesting. The Andreessen Horowitz one, where they discussed why they are investing in Flow. Hey, look, I hope it does what they think it's going to do, or they want it to do. If you get what I mean, where it lowers housing costs because we know that's a big issue, and there's no, you know. The less people need to spend on shelter, the better all else equal. 
but I just kind of doubt that's going to happen by inserting a middleman that wants a bunch of the profits. <laughs> I think the un- the other funny part was uh, the fact that Andreessen, Mark Andreessen, and I believe his spouse um, wouldn't let people develop in their neighborhood. Yeah, well, not let. They wrote a letter, right, for the... Yeah, to whoever the... It was had a lot of all capitals, <laughs> words at all capitals. It was... and it, He's the, NIMBY. He is, yeah. I didn't realize that. Well, I think uh, everyone is not in my backyard person once they get into that backyard. I would be like that. Come on. If I had a really nice place and someone wanted to build a giant apartment building next to it, I wouldn't like that. I want my privacy, but I get yeah. But then know. I want to turn around and act like you're saving uh, the world by like inventing saving grace because I let Adam. I wrote Adam Newman a check to build apartments. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, would you live in these things? Well, I was discussing with you the basically the the play of they're going to subsidize the I don't know, but Jesus out of these, so. It might be time for us to move to Nashville, but then we were discussing again how it may not be a place I would like to live. (laughs) Yeah, with all of the things they talk about, it sounds like everything I would not want in an apartment. I don't want to. They're already trying to do this. The we live. This is a yeah. This is definitely a springboard off a we live. Yep, with probably just more rationalized without the wife in um whatever her name was, Rebecca Newman doing it this is the uh, insert uh insert jerry seinfeld yelling at newman should we if we could if we could get uh brady to go in and, and throw that sound bite in there i don't think that's right lights, but uh, the yeah the uh, look 350 million dollars they're probably gonna get more these places are gonna get subsidized for a bit and you can probably get some cheap rent but i don't know how many times i would like to have my neighbor pitch in their crypto thing to me in the lobby during the forced meeting time um so that might might keep me away what uh i think his web three thing ended right that's gone no that's flow flow is a part of it it's like flow was also the web three thing so i think there's, there could be a crypto angle here which would just be a nice little cherry on top i think the flow carbon could be the the coin they're using but who knows? There's no information, so we're all just speculating. <laughs> I wonder if he's just propagating or, or perpetuating the Web3 buzz so that he could get Andreessen's check. Yeah. God, just what a poor use of resources, huh? Like, this could go to, like, it could go to, like, real, yeah. Like, the $350 million is a lot of money. You know what I've thought about? more than I care to admit is that picture of him walking around New York city without shoes on. Yeah. New York. That's the, that's at least the United States. I'm just wondering what kind of a night he had. It was like 6am or something like that. I think that was when that was when we work was collapsing. So it was definitely, if you watch the show, we crashed. I think they got that pretty, pretty darn well. How, uh, how much you want to bet Masa's son ends up, backing this in some way oh i would bet money that he wouldn't he's not going to 
they really that SoftBank suing them. So, or was I, I don't know what happened with it, but it's the greatest uh, salesman of all time that we're talking look, about here. Yeah, well, maybe I guess we shouldn't doubt Adam Newman's ability to raise money, but SoftBank and um, Masasun don't seem to be on good terms with Newman from what, you know, reading through the tea leaves. All right. Anything else entertaining, non-Newman related? Yeah, Newman. Well, that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fun to follow that this year. No, no, no doubt. Uh, let's see. There was the, not Best Buy, Bed Bath & Beyond, similar tickers. We're, we seem to be going through a, a pump and dump there. And did you see the story of the reportedly, now this is developing at this time, so new information could be coming out while everyone's listening to this. The 20-year-old USC student who invested in it on behalf of other people, I think it was like a fund that was set up, seems a yeah. bit sketch. I don't know. Also, honestly, props I mean, to the kid. Well, very ballsy. Yeah, I mean, I you know, he got the money from other people. Um, we don't. I mean, we don't know how much. We don't know what percentage that was of the fund, do we? Of his I, fund. Uh, so it's no, hard to say. But yeah, hard to say. But I think a lot of it. Um, I mean, he wrote a decent letter to Bed Bath and Beyond when they. I think they owned like six percent. Dude, no way a twenty-year-old wrote that. I'm sorry. If they did, this guy's the next. If he wrote that letter, that like nice, that good of a letter, he, it, this is this guy's insanely smart because if you're 20 years old and you can write that letter, like I think there's there's got to be other people, you know, working with the team there, potentially. But it's but good marketing. Least, yeah. it, it, it's good marketing to have a 20 year old be kind of the face. You know what I mean? Who's this guy's dad? Honestly, I mean, what, got 25 million in college to start up his little fund. Well, USC, you know, not not too surprising. It's a lot of money, though. That's crazy. Um, he did yeah, look like a young kind of cool story. Quite the pump and dump. I mean, not on his not part. Him, it wasn't not him. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I guess I read somewhere that he was kind of responsible for creating the catalyst. Like, yeah. Well, there could be new information that comes out, but it it's it's strange. Strange times. The you think anything happens here? regulatory wise is there anything to do here from for the sec well look i'm no expert in the securities law stuff but it seems like the ryan cohen guy who was is associated with this company now was associated with GameStop, founder of chewy um he was i believe bought a stake and he just sold some don't quote me on this let me let me confirm. Ryan Cohen, but beyond. No, I did say that he sold, but yeah, he he reveals his. Uh, well, apparently it was too early, and uh, like there was some. I don't know. This just stuff floating around Twitter, but we'll see what actually happens. But apparently, it violated some rule, like form one forty four rule or something like that. Where well, we know someone else who's done that, but. Yeah, I guess maybe these uh, laws don't apply uh, if you're anyone. rich. <laughs> if you're rich or they don't care anymore. But I guess the you know the SEC acts slow, so we'll see. They're not going to be doing this tomorrow. They're not going to be knocking down his door. But eh, I don't know that meme stock stuff. Cohen, 
it it just doesn't feel like you gotta have some morals at some point, man. This isn't luck that it just doesn't seem like luck that he's involved in every meme stock craze. Yeah. Finds a way to sell at the top. Well, not oh, yeah. none, none of my stocks get memed. Yeah, it'd be <sighs> nice. It'd be nice. It's also like, stressful. I, I think Bill Brewster said this like last week, but he's like, you know, I, I used to think that I had too much integrity to make money that way, but I'll take what I can get now. I think if someone wants to meme any of my stocks, I've got a great, I, I'd be more than willing to accept that. And, uh, I'll, I'll take the returns that way. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need true intrinsic value appreciation. I need. I mean, I think it was a druck that said the only thing that matters is whether or not the stock is which direction the stock's going. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to start a pump and dump scheme, but sure, if a stock goes up, I'll sell. I, I you know, I, <laughs> like just don't. Uh, right. I want to stock. Know how. <laughs> If a stock goes up 10 times, yeah. I, I think I tried to get into Wall Street bets once just to see what it was like, and they didn't admit me. So I think I'd have a hard time being a oh, part wow. of so I think we were trying to promote that. Uh, I was trying to promote the interview with the guy that started Wall Street bets, whatever. I can't blank it on his name that we did. I know we were, oh, we were, you know, we were early on Wall Street bets. Not were. to brag, not to not not to brag. Why 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 did he come on too initially? Well, there was something that it was like something small that Wall Street bets got noticed for. The infinite. It was we were talking about the infinite money printer thing on Robinhood, where you could sell. Uh, there was no limit to the amount of call options or put options you could sell. Remember that stuff? Oh, oh, right. I believe it was that, but that was like two years ago. So. Yeah, that was that was before before the big blow up and all the drama that came with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's a, here's a topic that I want to talk about because people seemed really interested and had a bunch of different takes on it um, when I tweeted it out. What are your thoughts on WhatsApp payments and why Facebook slash Meta is not investing more into it? Well, I don't keep up with Meta enough, and I don't use WhatsApp. Do you use WhatsApp? Yeah, I mean, for people that, uh, basically, older family group chats. Um, you don't just do it. it. What's What's your alternative on Android? Just like a basic messenger app. Google Messages. You can. There's tons. <laughs> Google Messages is. Fine. It's the exact same as iMessage, but it just know, shows up green on yours. Yeah. Well, I can, it can show up as uh, any color I want. It's customizable. <laughs> I can, it can look the exact same as iMessage if I want it when to. You, when you try to add a reaction, it describes the reaction in text. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore, actually. That they actually changed. They, they changed that. Yeah. If you're listening to this ad right now, we know you're already a listener to our show. But for our avid listeners, we've also started a paid membership service called Chit Chat Money Plus that extends beyond just our podcast. Every Tuesday, subscribers get access to one not-so-deep-dive research episode that covers everything you need to know about a company. 
You also get an email newsletter with our written show notes, important charts, a transcript of each show, and access to our Chit Chat Money research files. Chit Chat Money Plus costs $5 a month. You can subscribe directly through Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you listen on another platform, click the link in the show notes to go through the simple steps of signing up. If you're a regular listener to the show, we think the membership will provide tons of additional value. On top of the stock research episodes, members will get one Arch Capital Fund episode a month where we outline why we bought, sold, or continue to hold a stock in the Arch Capital Investment Fund, along with shows on our broader investment strategy. Sign up and become a Chit Chat Money Plus subscriber today. We can't wait for you to join our community. Uh, but either way, uh, back to the topic. What's that payments potential there? I see a lot of, I think there's a ton of potential given that there's 2 billion users around the globe that use it constantly. So what do you mean? What is what does what WhatsApp payments consist of right now? Well, they're trying to do peer to peer in uh, different markets. I think they're trying to invest heavily in Brazil and India, although again, it's very international, so it's hard to track all the exact details. But my thinking is you try to build, you already have 2 billion users. In a lot of countries, it's replaced. It's basically the core messaging um, distribution platform and has replaced email. So it's really, you know, all forms of communication are going through WhatsApp. Um, I basically would think of tried to do a copy of Venmo in all these different markets and essentially a combination of Venmo plus a remittance company or a remittance service would be super powerful. Yeah. It just, I, I mean, it sounds like they're already trying to do that. Yeah. But my they're thing is they need to do it. What? Yeah. Why not invest 10 times as many dollars and 10 times as many people into this? Because the opportunity is just massive. Because those resources needs to need to go towards the metaverse. And, and the, the, I mean, look, here, here's what's, what kind of was thinking of on that is they invested so much into that crypto thing. Remember when that was the whole thing? Yeah, uh, I forget what it was called. Libra. And then it was called DM, D-I-E-M. They're partnering oh, right, right, with right. Remitly on something. And now they canceled it, I believe, or it's spun off or something like that. Is, <laughs> I don't know. Are there... Like if they if they think about how much value they could you know but there's it's all speculative it's all potential value but think about how much value they could have if for the last five years they were investing to basically be a really robust remittance remittance service through WhatsApp which takes a lot of years to build up plus you know you have P to P peer to peer stuff um for you know domestic transfers in all the different countries. I, I honestly think they could be doing hundreds of billions of payment volume if if they invested enough into it. But I guess they're not for whatever reason. I wonder if Apple would have provided compatibility across to iMessage. Well, look, you're thinking US. I mean, US is obviously not the market to go after here because WhatsApp's yeah. basically it would basically it'd be really tough for them to like a lot of people that had concerns. They're like, do you really think they can dethrone Venmo? And I was like, probably not in the U S um, just because WhatsApp's not nearly as popular here, but in almost all other markets, I think there's a really, really good shot. 
India WhatsApp is insanely popular and they just haven't executed apparently from some of the anecdotes I was reading. Um, there's a lot of other payment companies that have done better. And I just think, why not invest a ton of money into that? I, I, I think it's better than the metaverse. Did you see that funny video or picture of Zuck in his yes. metaverse thing yes. that looked like it was a 90s video game? I mean, what in front of the these? Eiffel Tower without legs? Yeah. yeah what what is this what, what might go down as one of the dumbest bets of all time all right well let's call the uh, let's let's yeah fade ourselves and say maybe the investments are gonna i mean 10 billion dollars a year is a ton like obviously oculus has some sweet technology but it'd just be interesting to see when they come out with these new products like if any of them actually are revolutionary you know what i mean yeah just not seeing it yet. The thing is, okay, if they are revolutionary, you don't have to own it before that. That's you good. don't have to own it before that it proves to be revolutionary technology and they get this mass adoption. Like once it's proven, once they start to see adoption, like you've seen it with the iPhone, there's still good returns to be had. Yeah. You didn't have to own Apple. What was it? Oh nine? Was that when the iPhone? So, oh seven. But App Store wasn't really materialized until a few years after. You wouldn't have because when it first came out, it was basically just access to the internet. I don't think they had the App Store at first, so all that lock in, all that kind of thesis around there, you probably would have been able to formulate in oh nine, oh ten, probably. Um, still speculative at that point, but you could have seen the potential, maybe. What do you think Meta's returns? are over the last five years flat pretty flat pretty yeah but close is it flat pretty damn close it's up five percent isn't that crazy think about how much operating income has grown for them yeah i know it uh i guess this is why management matters not to say anything bad about zuck i actually have, i've warmed up to zuck but where you end up allocating that capital is obviously a huge part of the equation and he's taking a pretty big bet on something that's fairly speculative although i feel well, like whenever well, we talk about meta we just go round and round in the same conversation we don't know what this is going to be but they're obviously betting a ton of money on it what was their price to free cash flow and I'll look it up in 27. What would you pay for the core family of apps? WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook. I'm, I'm no, anything else? No clue, which is why I'm not investing. Let's assume 30% operating margins. I forget if it's around there right now. 30% operating margins. I think users grew like 1% DA. Core family? Core family is, oh, their operating margins are way higher. All right, let's go 50%. All right. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Come on, what there's too need? much. I was actually someone chirped me on Twitter and said I should. Uh, I need to be more. Like I need to have it. Uh, I can't say I don't know to all the questions when I don't know. And I was like, all right, man. These sometimes are the things that give are just, some give some sort of a take. You've got if I give you Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp combined. Let's say they're doing. I'm gonna get the numbers totally wrong. I don't know. Thirty billion dollars in operating income 
on, I don't know, what is it? $60 billion in revenue annually. It's higher. It's a, uh, yeah, you're way off on that, but um, I think it's operating income's closer to 50 billion, but. Am I? All right. Let's say I gave that to you for $300 billion. You could buy that business. For family apps? Yeah. The VR reality labs that just doesn't exist. Let me, let me look at what they did. And I got to confirm what they did. I got to confirm their operating income in 2020 from family apps. Just from in 2021. Excuse me. Let me just look up that number. So I'm not, so I'm not totally off here. Last twelve month EBITDA. Was yeah, but that like that's includes that includes all, that includes all their losses though. Okay. On family of apps, family of apps. Family all right, revenue apps. was like a hundred. Twenty twenty one operating income from family of apps was fifty seven billion. Uh, yeah, I would pay for just family of apps. Yeah, easy oh. three hundred billion. All right. Six hundred. But that's not what you're paying for. I'm giving you a theoretical. I know, but it's so, it's not like if it's only these, it's just not. Let's say tomorrow Zuckerberg says we're closing these initiatives. Yeah, but don't, you got chirped for saying, I don't know. So you just got to play along with the theoretical. Yeah, but the management still matters and their, their, their capital allocation strategy just seems risky to me. So do I trust like, because they're also talking about, you know, five years ago or whatever, investing a ton in Libra. Which just seems risky. Which seemed risky at the time. So, yeah, I also what, uh, worry about their timing on buybacks. Um, what's her name? Inif- gone too. Sandberg. Yeah, I don't really. Didn't she have like some? She used. She expensed her wedding or something like that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? She she created so much shareholder value. Like she's she's the one that you know got it all going from a monetization perspective. So. I wonder if she just wasn't on board with the metaverse and that was the, um, she's got to go. <laughs> Matt says we have to channel our inner Stephen A. Smith. I think well, maybe 10% of that. Look, yeah, family of apps. I would pay 300 billion for that for sure. For sure. In that hypothetical, hypothetical. Are you scenario. worried at all about, let's say WhatsApp didn't exist, the Facebook and Instagram businesses. Is there any concern around durability? Uh, I was just... Just in a, the richer markets for Facebook, Instagram, no, I'm not concerned. Okay. I was more, con- well, actually, slightly concerned. I would be, I was more concerned probably a year ago. Then I got a little bit more religion on Instagrams. Well, gosh, I don't know. They're actually, they seem to be taking a big risk of trying to embrace short form video. So, Mm, that could be a misstep. So I guess there is some uncertainty there, but if you could spin out one business, not only a Facebook, but like a, a segment of any big tech company, let's go fan mag. You get a spin out a segment. What is it? At any price or assuming what, like the same earnings assume, ratio? Let's assume they trade at 20 times their earnings, all the businesses. Well, WhatsApp, because then you could actually run it with, you You could, you know, uh, there's Honestly, so much potential probably. there. There's so much potential there. And the moat of the user moat is phenomenal. You'd pick that Absolutely over phenomenal. the cloud providers or over YouTube? 
Yeah, just because the like the earnings ratio would be, you know, if it's at 20 times yeah. earnings, that's kind of a loophole there. But you know what I mean? Obviously, the cloud providers would be the safest bet. I mean, well, of the cloud providers, AWS would be the safest bet just because they're the ones that approved. They can generate tons of operating income. What's the most profitable business you've ever seen? Google. Uh, oh, well, what do you mean profitable? Like, like, full, like I mean, margins? The entire, yeah. Highest, whatever. Oh, it's, it's even it, margins, it, operating margins. I'm not talking uh, about like a sub segment of a business, I'm talking about consolidated financials. Oh, it's uh, it was either Evolution Gaming or Visa or Moody's. No, I don't know if Moody's is that high, but I think it's Visa, right? I think it'd be Visa. Adyen. Adyen was high when we looked at them. Yeah, didn't someone say like Mastercard or Visa could be run with like fifty employees? Yeah, there was a business breakdowns in that. I don't think that's a hot take, <laughs> right? <laughs> We all know what it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. I was just thinking about that because, I don't know, I heard some anecdotes around, shall we say, corporate bloat in some of the big tech companies uh, around the Seattle area. And it just made me think, if you just cut expenses, like, do they need to send all their employees to baseball games? Do they need to put them in hotels for the first week that they join the company? Probably well, not. I will take it a step further. Do they need all these employees in general? No. Almost. I, I, this might be a hot take, but almost all employees are a waste. No, not <laughs> almost all, but a good, a good chunk of employees are waste. Hey, so are we. <laughs> the company we work at, they're a waste at some point. There's extreme inefficiencies in corporate America. And maybe that's fine. Uh, there's a bug. Sorry. If anyone's watching, there's a there's a fly, which might look weird. But there's extreme... There, I mean, you know, you just told me that anecdote of putting up people like whatever, 100 people in a hotel, all their own room. Hey, whatever. they all do something during the day. Yeah, we... Yeah, they they do something. What are you gonna have? Fifty percent unemployment? No, just you gotta have people with. You gotta give people purpose. I know it's, it's the responsibility of companies that could earn sixty percent, seventy percent EBIT margins to cut those in half for the good of America. To hire people for wasteful for for uh, pointless jobs. Look, it's the system. Yeah. I mean, there's too many MBAs or whatever you want to describe it. There's too many. Uh, uh, people that have the skill set that is not actually necessary, but man, would it be better if you know there was the ability to do more purposeful work? Um, but in general, isn't it from like investment? This, like this, this power hour that we're doing right now. Oh, I'm not. I'm not value saying, to society. I am not saying we're 
I'm not saying. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying we're like yeah. providing tons of value. It's uh, it's just part of the game, but it is like, yeah. Without getting too deep, it is part of. You gotta, you just gotta realize that. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're a cog at a big company, you gotta realize, man, I can get kicked out of here. Nothing will affect this business. Like, I don't know. That would give me a little, you know, make me nervous if I was working there. What a looming recession could just eliminate your job. Not even a looming recession, just basically at any time, like, okay, how much value am I actually providing this company? If I'm not providing any value to this company, then they can fire me at any time. I would just be really nervous about that. Yeah. It's fair. All right. My favorite segment stocks on your radar. Found anything interesting? I was looking at uh I was looking at Callaway again this week, just been doing some research on them. I don't Went think to top golf. What'd you think? There was a check. That's for sure. You're welcome. Next quarter, Callaway shareholders. Yeah, talk about a waste of money is top golf. But people I was with it. a group of like eight people. Now granted, we bought some drinks and some food. We were there for two hours. Eight people, I think it was like 50 bucks a person. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be listening, you New Yorker investor people. It's a lot of money out here. If you were... uh, A lot of money and not in New York City. If you had to do an emotional hedge portfolio, so companies that you're like... You don't want to see their stocks rise, but if you owned them, at least it would like offset your emotional response. So emotional. What do you mean? Are the, you right, mean like spending? Say, like spending? If Apple continues to do really well, it's going to frustrate me from like, uh, uh, you know, like. You're locked into the ecosystem. You understand the moat. Yeah. And if they're gouging developers, let's say, or they just did that app tracking technology feature. What was that a year ago? And they heard a bunch of other advertisers, but then they used it to boost their own advertising. It would frustrate me to see them do well, but if I owned it, it would offset that frustration because I'd be doing well. If you had to have an emotional hedge portfolio, that's what I'm calling the emotional hedge. What Um, companies would be in that basket? I think it's fair to say probably Tesla's in that. Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. Tesla's in that for me. Um Peloton don't like the, that. No. I mean emotional hedge, do you mean like Peloton? Yeah. They're in a tough spot. Emotional hedge is tough. I like, may, I would think more stock, like it would be one where the stock goes up, you're frustrated, but you make money. I'm frustrated with the I, I'm not sure I understand the question. Am I frustrated with the company? Or am I frustrated that the stock continues to rise? Oh. I think Bed Bath and Beyond, GameStop, AMC. (laughs) AMC, yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) Bitcoin. This might as well just be called the Schadenfreude portfolio. Yeah, uh, the Bitcoin Bitcoin, for sure. Okay. 100%. 100%, Any crypto thing. Come on. I, I, that, that is pure Schadenfreude. Um, ran on their downfall. Huh? 
Well, this is what it would, right? This is what it would be. Yeah, um, no, you're getting it right. I, yeah, there's stocks in there. Okay, Micro, I, I tend Oh, to, no, no, Microsoft and Amazon because of Seattle housing. For yeah. sure. That, that right? Because yeah. of, if they, if Microsoft and Amazon's stock price goes whatever, or if they're, uh, Okay, they say stock price like doubles or triples again within the next few years. Watch out. We could be screwed. Yeah. They're locking. Better. We will take up Adam Newman's new apartments. <laughs> we'll, be forced, we'll be forced to move to his wherever those are, which is perfect that it was like Miami, Nashville, and Austin. It was just beautiful that those were the three cities he was choosing. Yeah. the uh, It's hard to put like stock it's a lot easier to put like cryptocurrencies in there because they're not actually like creating <laughs> tangible benefits to society so it's like what do you mean what do you mean come on what do you mean i think Just, it's wasting, i'm kidding it's wasting resources oh yeah um, but like most stocks unless it's like a shell company are representative of an underlying business that's hopefully not detracting from society hopefully benefiting the world um by creating something real so typically i wouldn't be like resentful if their stocks rose yeah unless management is immoral because that's just never good for society like amc's management is just being super immoral with this the tricks they're pulling copycats inspires copycats um yeah, I think Musk could be in that category for me of inspiring the copycats. Although I was thinking, like, if I ever met Musk, I, I I talk like I really dislike him. I think he's terrible for society. But if I ever met him, he I was thinking like, yeah, he'd probably have me eating out of the palm of his hand, <laughs> just like you know talking whatever, yeah, engin- yeah. not trying to hype up uh, any sort of engineering thing I did, even though I think he's you know a fraud. But it's uh, it's how it goes. He's a, he's a pretty compelling guy. The uh, I found the Manchester United tweet fairly interesting. I have to... I bet he didn't know that was publicly traded. Gosh. Most people pick, don't. I know, but pick one team. That's just bad bad luck on his part. I pick think there are one. some other teams that you can... I mean, you could buy... What if, he tried, what if he said, I'm buying the Atlanta Braves? I know, but that's still pretty unlucky if that was the one team... Well, there's there's so many sports teams out there. It's like the most followed, and they they just lost like four zero. It's uh, they're in a everyone seems to be. They are ripe for a new, I I think, potentially ripe for a new ownership group. So, still unlucky. It, it wasn't just happenstance, but it was unlucky that they just so happen to be publicly traded. Also, happenstance that someone bought a bunch of call options, right? Okay, before but there that. was also, I saw that. But there was rumors of new ownership stepping in that day when all the call options were bought. Mm, so it was okay. prior to Musk. So the rumors. All right. So they're real rumors. Okay. There was like someone was thinking about buying, and I believe that's when the call options were purchased. Mm. Still sketchy, I think. The thing is, like that stock is so hard to uh Matt H says he didn't see the options trading volume the few days before on Man U. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying there was I think that we may have a time lapse on the 
comments there, but uh, uh, I believe that day that the options volume, whatever, like 10 X, this was before Musk tweeted his thing on that same day, there was rumors of a different person potentially buying the club, which uh. may have spurred the options volume increase. Also, right. I used to have that stock on my little watch list when I was like young, just to like, oh, they won. Let's see if anything happens. There's like no correlation between performance and stock price there. Sports teams are, uh, yeah, they're not great. Like, I can't imagine they're very profitable investments, typically, mm-hmm. if, unless you find a reseller. Maybe we should do a not so deep dive. Or, or someone to buy it from you. Yeah, it's not. They're strange assets for sure. Because I would hate to do the deep dive on Manchester United because I don't know what actually drives. Well, that's why we should do it. That's why we should do it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out where they make money or don't make money. I mean, from what all I've read, it seems like they're not actually that great at businesses and they don't make that much money, but you just got to find a rich owner. So maybe. Income inequality, that can help, but who knows? Yeah. Because they talk about the value of the franchises, and I always find that suspect where they're like, we estimated the value of the Dallas Cowboys. And it's like, would you run it? <laughs> would you run a DCF on this? What? Jerry, <laughs> what's his name? Jerry Smith? Or the, Jerry yeah. Jones. Jerry Jones. What his grandson ran a DCF. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why they do there. It's like the brand value stuff when they're like, what's the, when they do those reports, Amazon's brand value is blank and it's like fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Really important work. Um, or, or the, 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 the ones that are like studies find that, um, <laughs> no, they're like studies find that black people have harder time getting houses in rich neighbors than white people. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for that really powerful insight. I did not know that that was occurring. Yeah. The study had to tell you. The, yeah. Uh, I'm starting to be a study hater and a survey hater. Yeah. I'm, join super, the club. I'm actually kind of, I would say the ant. Going anti the survey's results are more likely to be right <laughs> on can... like on the tip on the average survey because that... the only people that are inclined to respond, you're only getting responses from the people that are inclined to respond, which means they've either had a perfect experience or a terrible experience as opposed to the average person who probably doesn't care. Bingo. That is there's a bit of a hot take that the opposite. That we're going to George Costanza this, but all right, you ran that poll. You're like, if Spotify increased its subscription price by a dollar, which I think was like it's ten bucks to eleven bucks, let's say, which they did the year before. Yeah, and no one, everyone's like, I, a bunch of people said they'd churn. They yeah, like thirty percent or something like that. Yeah, but they already did that and turned <laughs> to change. I know. So you like you muffed. You kind of muffed the survey, which ended up being like a, I think I'm using the term right, like a Freudian slip, where it ended up being like ironic because it would have been the exact opposite answer would have been correct. 
Yeah. No, I have no idea if you're using that term Freudian slip correct, but go ahead. Use it. I have no idea. I, I don't know what that means. People use it all the time. And I'm like, hmm, all right, sounds smart. I'm just going to start using it and hoping it's right. But uh, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a survey hater, no doubt. Team anecdotal evidence. That's honestly, if you know, like data is so hard to to understand, like, okay, there could be some weird trends going on. It could be bad data. Um, people could be, and it's crazy. It's crazy that people make huge capital allocation decisions based on surveys. Um, and date, like, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and I'm saying this poorly, if you can invest based off of anecdotal evidence and you know for a fact that something is actually sustainable and durable and has a moat without needing to see the data, that can be much, much more powerful to me because it's, Sometimes the data is just wrong. I th- I've found that being around college campuses, collecting anecdotal data from college campuses gives good insights in terms of certain like consumer trends. I agree. Zinn, very popular. Was most, if you were around college campuses, you probably were onto that prior to the explosion in Zen volume, but half of our portfolio match group, Spotify, because Spotify dominates college campuses. Um, yeah. What am I forgetting? Well, RIP Swedish match, but, um, is that RIP yet? Uh, has the the acquisition gone through? Do we know? It, well, it's above the acquisition price because Elliott Management's in there trying to do its thing. Let's root them on, ruin them on, see if I can get some good value for shareholders. But I mean, RIP to us. We're not, we don't own it anymore. Okay. Here's another topic. Remember Embracer Group that they are buying, they are continuing their acquisition bonanza. They are buying a company called Tripwire. Oh, gosh. Okay, but here's the other thing. They're buying the IP rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, which um, I thought Amazon had, to be honest, but I guess it's kind of divvied up. It's not like a Marvel, um, stuff like that. So it's a great chance to uh, shameless plug our interview with the CEO. Yeah, one of the craziest we've ever had. Not craziest, uh, craziest gets we've ever had. Yeah, we were a bit out of our realm there on that one, but uh, he was uh, nice. He was he, he answered all our questions. He kind of roasted me at one point. Um, I, I don't remember that. What happened? You no, I was just like, "What are you like?" I basically said, "Like, what are you looking for in acquisitions? Like, why?" I don't know. I hopefully I framed the question better, but it was something around like, what are you looking for in acquisitions? It's like, and it was like, or no, what, uh, what indicator, what metrics do you use to determine sort of success on acquisitions and, and, uh, success internally? And he's just like, profits. Yeah. Like, All right. It's fair. Easy enough. The cash the companies will generate, but here's here's what's interesting is that they were video games only. But from this announcement, 
they said they are floating the idea of a Gandalf movie, Lord of the Rings character, and exploring other opportunities based on iconic characters such as Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, all these Lord of the Ring characters. Hmm. They're trying to be a not just a video game conglomerate, but a real entertainment giant. And it's they're moving so quickly. It's hard to follow them, to be honest. Um, I had a I always struggle with like the serial acquirers, like trying to keep up. Oh, yeah. Especially because they're in financial. (laughs) It's just a pain. Yeah. Especially because they're in Sweden. Um, I had a tough time. Yeah. Valuing them, which is kind of why we passed. But man, they are being ambitious. and It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, they've done probably more acquisitions than any other company I can think of. I'm sure a bunch of the big tech ones just get like swept under the rug and we never even notice, but yeah, they are got serial acquirers. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Lord of the Rings was Lord of the Rings. Like did the rights to that game exist within tripwire? How did that work? Or are they unrelated? Uh, I think it was a different company. They're acquiring five companies. Total value of $577 million. It would suck to be like an analyst trying to model this and then they just lump like five acquisitions at once, like totally change up the business. And now you got to like go in and spend probably a week, weeks trying to figure it out. Yeah. The video game analyst that I follow said basically said Embracer just acquired and listed all these companies and then said what in the dot 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 yeah the uh i guess then he, then he said we're about to be acquired by embracer but <laughs> <laughs> hey if they're looking for a podcast here here <laughs> one that your ceo has been on um yeah. gosh that is yeah Oh, here's the other. What's up with everyone buying Ally Financial? People buying it? Did uh? Where everyone's buying it? The Buff Dog. Buffett's buying it. Oh. Uh, that Punch Card Capital company that like only buys. They've owned it, right? I think that's a. Is that a new one? No, no, they've owned it. That's, that's... no Smith and Wesson is the new one. Punch Card on that. Well, talk about. <laughs> Sorry, I can make a bad joke there. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. People people seem to love Ally. They're reducing share count quite aggressively. Would you ever switch banks uh, as a consumer? I don't care that much because I just have spending money. And then investments. And then I basically, there's like, I, don't, I keep like whatever I need to have any sort of comfort that I don't. That, and then the rest goes into investments right away. So I don't particularly care at this moment, but Bank of America sh- has pretty shit interest rates. So if I really, allies, you know, allies I are lo- solid. yeah, exactly. If I really had cash that I needed to save up, I would for sure switch. Like if I was uh, saving for a house, but if I was saving for a house, I'd probably do I bonds. So. I don't know. I haven't switched from Bank of America. <laughs> so maybe it's maybe if I had a survey, 
I would be way off. I would say I would switch, but I still haven't switched for Bank of America. Jamie Dimon is on the uh, the Mexico hype train. See that? That's great to hear. That's, That's great the to guy. Hear. It's definitely someone I want on my side. Yeah. Although we only own one Mexican company, so not like we're hugely embracing it. But speaking of that, we are exploring doing different themes for our not so deep dives. Mexico could be a good theme. A lot of interesting stuff down there. Yeah. Mexico could be a fun theme. You uh you were an ex Mexico resident. I was an expat there for two months. Is that I think that's the right term. Um what was the term? What did you say? Expat, isn't that what it's called? No, expat? it was a joke. I don't know what that is. Uh an expat is a person who resides outside their native country. Hey, yeah, that was correct. For two months I was down there. I was an expatriate. Give the uh give the anecdotes. Is it WhatsApp? A, is, what's is up? It a burgeoning manufacturing hub? Uh there believe. Yeah, there's a lot of manufacturing. Sure. A lot of beer manufacturing, a lot of oil and gas manufacturing. Um, and they love WhatsApp. Love it. There's your anecdotal evidence. Um all right, we got like eight, ten minutes left. Matt says Buff Dog. Yep. What's the coolest Warren Buffett nickname? I, I'm a big fan of Buff Dog. Yeah, it's a good one. That'd Speaking of that, uh, yeah, the Oracle. No, that's I mean, come on, the Oracle. <laughs> that's a, it's quite the name. Yeah, hypes him up quite a bit. The Oracle of Omaha. I saw that. Uh, now this is kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to put this in here as a, as a real topic, but I saw that Lee Lu bought the same stock as us in Q2 when I'm not saying that I'm just saying that to, not to brag, but when you're looking at like any sort of investments, do you care? Cause typically I try to be like, all right, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, but is there any like certain investors you look out? And say like, okay, if they're buying something here and we're buying at the same time or something like that, or they're buying something, I should look at it. Like, does that matter at all to you? Because I felt a little bit of, I'm not going to lie, comfort that he was buying the same stock as us in Q2. The correct answer should be no. But I don't know about Lilu in particular. Because he's been, wasn't he big on Alibaba as well? I guess an American company has uh-huh. done really well. He's got a good track record, so I can't. Obviously, phenomenal track record. Yeah. Um, he's not the only one that owns that company either. Um, I think a lot of big investors own that company. It seems but to it was the probably t- the most, maybe the most owned. In the hedge fund space? Among the value community the uh yeah yeah but the timing of the purchase let me say if you kind of get what i mean yeah that's nice yeah it's nice to know i mean there's some that i like i don't like it's not it doesn't change my it feels good i guess yeah sure it's validating but it doesn't change a little bit of vanity there doesn't change any um like my next purchasing 
decision yeah, yeah. for that company. There are certainly managers that I follow for like idea inspiration. Can we talk about Burry's portfolio? I mean, the guy yeah, is gone. Dude, we got a comment here from Matt saying that everyone right. loves looking at it. There's a fascination with him, even though it's he turns over so much. I mean, I don't have a problem with turnover. No, no, no it's I mean, just this the, last. The, this last one was ridiculous. No, it's just the 13 Fs are unreliable, is what I mean. Yeah. So I guess for anyone that doesn't know, Michael Burry sold every stock he owns and bought a private prison business. Yeah, but I think that was a bit off because, was it Sion? His asset base is a lot higher than his ownership in Geo. So I think it might just be, he might just have a lot of cash. Yeah, the market value, the market value of his Geo investment is only 3.4 billion, according to Whale Wisdom. He bought a little bit of million, million. Yeah, not billion, million. Um, He bought some shares last quarter, but that was much higher than, or sorry, the rest of what he sold was much higher than Geo, so I, I think he has a lot of cash. At least at, as of June 30th, could have been totally different a few days later. It's kind of a bummer that I think he might be... I don't know. It's kind of a never-meet-your-heroes situation. I wish he never got a Twitter account. He's a little yeah. crazy. Maybe he knows more than everyone, but he just feels a little crazy. Cassandra? Yeah, that's... He's a strange person. The doc, the doctor. Uh, yeah, no comment. People should. I wonder, look at I wonder his... how Greenspan feels about him now. After the movie, yeah, Greenspan's probably can't watch any finance movies, huh? Tough look. Well, he might be dead. That should actually. Joel. Let's look up. No, no, Alan Greenspan. Oh, you're talking about Joel Greenblatt. Joel Greenblatt, not Alan Greenspan. Sorry. Wow, Alan Greenspan is still alive. Ninety six. He's still kicking. Joel... Joel Greenblatt was the big one that backed him, right? I believe so. That I don't know for certain, but they, I, I think that was the person that had the relationship. Don't know if the person from the movie was more of a fictionalized character of his. Um, yeah. I'm curious if Greenblatt and Burry still get on, you know? Yeah. Burry seems to be not. Get along with a lot of people if his Twitter account is <laughs> any indication. He is uh gosh, what is it? Prickly? He's prickly, right? It's probably a good way to describe it. Yeah. He's very and prickly. Christian Bale made him look pretty good. That is right. That yeah. is totally right. No, I think it didn't probably get a start on Value Investors Club. Isn't that like he was writing stuff up? So. Yahoo message boards. Yeah. Yahoo message boards. Oh, was it? Uh, well, uh, I mean, you can't even knock Greenblatt because he ended up uh, probably making a ton of money on his investment. Yeah. All right. Here's the last topic. Coverage was, there was good coverage on this from the Science of Hitting. Shout out to them. Very good. Uh, they get us a ton of Alex's research service gets us a ton of Substack uh, 
subscribers since he is, recommends us. So thank you to that. But Dan Loeb wants, among other things, Disney to spin off ESPN. Now, I think that would be a dumb move because the bundle of sports is kind of where the value is because you can bundle other things with it, with the exclusivity. What are your thoughts on that? Because I kind of think sports on its own is just so tough. Your, your, your value, if you get what I mean, the value is just like you're, you're not going to make much profit just because the leagues have the exclusivity that you're paying the rights yeah. for. You got to make money in other ways. Yeah, I think that's totally right. Sports on its own, I think, would suck. It's kind of the, you sign a risky deal. If you squeak out any profit, the the league comes up on renewal and takes it all back, essentially, on the next contract that you sign with them. The You can run that as almost a loss leader or sort of at break even, run it like your typical sports business. And But if it's within a bundle where you ha- own the IP. Or anything, any other different dramatically enhances the value of the bundle while also not hindering the profitability. Yeah. Unless those rights holders, i.e. let's say the NFL come calling for some of that bundle profit as well. Like the stuff beyond what ESPN itself generates in views. But I don't know if they'd have the right to do that. The uh, I think this is what Dan Loeb's second t- attempt at trying to go activist on Disney. Yeah, need a bigger fund. Well, I don't know. Right. It feels to <laughs> me unlikely that an activist investor who hasn't been in the company knows how to run Disney better than Disney. Yeah, that's fair. Also, there should be a rule that activists, like, remember the ExxonMobil activists that own like 0.04% of the stock? I just, the activists, you need a big stake. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I, I like Alex's response. Basically, this is why a lot of management teams ignore activist investors, is because they've, they're renters. Yeah. And Dan Loeb sold his shares on several occasions. Uh, I think we're running up on time, though. So, got to close it out. All right. Any, any other closing thoughts? Do we miss anything? Nope. This is kind of a chaotic one. I don't know if we had any good topics, but who knows? That's what the no rules, uh, that's how it comes in sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks, Matt, for uh, being our warrior in the comments here. If you guys want to listen, if you're listening on the podcast and you want to get questions in live, remember, just look up Chit Chat Money on YouTube on Thursdays at three o'clock Eastern time. It should be up and running and you can post questions in the chat. We love getting questions. That's going to do it, though. I want to remind our listeners we're not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss is not formal advice or recommendation. We are general partners at Arch Capital, though, so clients may have positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. We'll see you next time. 